You're listening to Strength and Bonds, an Async Twilight Imperium podcast, episode 13. A brief history of Async TI4. Featuring Somno. I'm your host, BLT. Okay, here we go. Greetings, citizens of the Async Twilight Imperium Discord server. I am humbled by what this place has become over the course of the last two years, and it's all because of you spending your time here. Thank you. That's right. That was Somno. We've got him on the podcast as a guest this week. I'm really excited to share his uh, perspective on just it's, it's the actual history of the Async of Async Twilight Imperium. It's starting from Board Game Geek, moving over to Discord. Um, we're going to put pictures in the show notes of what the maps used to look like all the way up until we're basically at game 2000 right now. Um, so I'm very excited for that interview. I want to get a couple things out of the way, uh, before we get into the interview with Somno, uh, just things I've been wanting to talk about, uh, for a little bit. So quick, I go to do the best thing I saw this week. So I actually mentioned this last week, was very excited about it. Let me actually tell the story about how Tedward got eliminated in the agenda phase. So um, Tenward was, he was, he, he told me the story afterwards, kind of more in more detail. I, I did condense it down quite a bit, but he went from four to 10 points in one round uh, in a 12 point game. He scored two secrets, a two pointer, got a support, and then also a one pointer in the status phase. And so he was just like, obviously the clear winner, front runner at least or whatever. So, um, so that next round, of course, as often happens to front runners, Necro eats his home. Extra, his support partner, uh, takes a planet that was undefended next to his home. Sar took the other planet or a system next to home. And they just kept eating him until at the end, you know, by the end of the round, the only thing left, he had a single dock on Malice, uh, keeping him from being eliminated. Um, and then I'll, I'll do this, uh, I'll quote him. This is his, his words. So the second agenda we drew was colonial redistribution. I joked to the table that Extra, who had triple the votes of anyone else, could do the funniest thing possible in a TI game right then and literally vote me out of the game. Fortunately, Extra was smart and realized that eliminating me would cost them a point since we support swapped. Unfortunately, the rest of the table saw Extra as a threat to win next round and realized it was a legitimately good strategy to eliminate me and they were able to elect Malice for redistribution. And thus, my last planet was gone, and I got eliminated in the agenda phase. I don't know why that tickles me so much. Um, obviously, people getting eliminated is, is, is either fun or not fun, depending on who you are. But, uh, but just, I don't know, the idea that the politics of the game, the game are so strong <laughs> that you can eliminate someone from the game, send them home based on votes, just, uh, just tickles me. Um, again, I've got a bunch of weird game modes. I'm going to punt on those again for this week. Hopefully get into some more of those in kind of coming weeks. But I do quick a last thing before we uh, get into the interview is I want to do tech of the week. We did not talk about it with Somno. Um, and so I'm going to do it myself right now. Tech of the week. I think we're finally out of yellow techs. I'm going to draw, yes, finally a red tech. Um, this is self-assembly routines. Uh, this is a red tech with one red prerequisite. I'm going to read it to you. It says, after one or more of your units use production, you may exhaust this card to place one mech from your reinforcements on a planet you control in that system. After one of your mechs is destroyed, gain one trade good. 
So let me just break down how this works a little bit. First of all, I only realized recently that this card exhausted for that first bit. So you can only use this once around, uh, I guess, unless you have biosims or something, to get one extra tech when you produce when you use production. So you can't use this off sling relay, um, can't use this off uh, you know integrated economy or whatever. But it's nice, you know, you get an extra tech once around. Uh, pop that on any planet in that system, so that can be nice for like defending multiple planet home systems kind of things. Um, so that's that. Um, after one of your mechs is destroyed, gain one trade good. So a couple of things with this. Um, when this card is exhausted from the first thing, that second thing is still active. So you know you 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 exhaust this, you placed a mech, your mech is destroyed later, you do gain that trade good. It does not have to be like face up to gain those trade goods. Um, this is when your mechs are destroyed. They you do not get a trade good if you uh, your carrier blows up and all your mechs fall out of the sky. Um, this recently happened to me. Uh, you would not get trade goods for those, unfortunately. Um, Cabal starts with this tech because, of course, they need you know more more ways to pump out plastic. I don't see this getting researched a ton. People say it's good for Arborek. I usually prefer to use mitosis to get my mechs out with Arborek. Um, although, I mean, it wouldn't, again, it's another tech where, like, if you gave it to me, I, it wouldn't hurt. I'd like it. But um, people talk about getting this as Barony because uh, when Barony's commander is unlocked, uh, sustaining with the mech would give you a trade good. And then when your mech is destroyed, you also gain a trade good, and you can spend those two trade goods theoretically on another mech. So, I mean, that's that's fun. Um, the, the, the only way I really see this as being super fun is if you've got uh, some trade good objective at the very end of the game, and you are you're spent. You know you can't use psychoarchology. You can't figure out any way to get like two more trade goods or whatever to to get to, to ten or whatever you're trying to do for for scoring this objective. Um, you maybe research self assembly routines and then just go like throw your mechs into some combat they can't win <laughs> or something like that. So uh, and then you'll get those couple extra trade goods in a sneaky way. But I do not research this very much. Um, so that's all I will say about that. Let's get to the interview so today the guest on the podcast is somno very excited this is one of the originals who got this whole thing going we have we have him to thank i won't i won't get into nuance i won't i won't thank anybody else for this show today it's somno made this happen <laughs> and we've got him on the show welcome all right hi guys um um i i put a disclaimer on front uh i will try my very best to um to uh, get rid of that embarrassing uh, German accent. Okay, with that out of the way, let's try to speak proper English, okay? <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah, I, this this has, I mean, it's blown up, right? I mean, there's no way you could have envisioned 2,000 games getting posted on this. No, no, no way, no way. Well, it, it all started... Yeah, almost exactly on the day uh, six years ago on Board Game Geek, um, when the um, user Clipper launched the first ever Twilight Imperium 4 play by forum. Um, yeah, it was very crude. Uh, there was just um, the map um, with uh, yeah, the ships, and um, I think the objectives were on a two and the score tracker and just um, the numbers for the strategy cards. Sure. And um, the players uh, would post uh, status blocks um, with all the stuff, their planets uh, with 
strike through um, to mark them as exhausted. Same for tax, um, their trade goods, their commodities, everything, number of action cards, and so on. And uh, yeah, it took a while to get going. And I remember the map was built um, yeah, by the book. Okay, yep. Was there, was there, so, so this is all on Board Game Geek. You're doing this by forum. I mean, how does yeah. the next person know it's their turn? Um, who, how did you do um, action cards? Uh, I, have, I have I have a bunch of questions for like, yeah, the, the prehistory of, of Async Twilight Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. Um, first of all, you would need a host to run the show. Um, that was uh, this guy Clipper. And um, I wasn't a player in that game. I just was a spectator. Um, yeah, he would have a master sheet um, with all the ex uh, with all the card decks. Um, he would send out um, the action cards to the players by private mail. Yeah, and uh, tell the um, politics player what the agendas are and so on. Okay. Players were asked to check in regularly to um, to do to respond to things and or do their moves. How long did some of those original games take? I mean, I know even now, you know, you can certainly have games that take a long time, but there are actually yeah, fast yeah, ones. How how long would some of those take at that time? Um, I think the first one was actually quite quick. It was um, from start to finish, three and a half months, maybe. Sure. Wow. I um, I subbed in for the Jolna player um, in the second to last as in the second to last round i think um and was greeted by a clipper with you are actually able to win of course i didn't but um <laughs> that was my uh, first first hands-on moment um with a twilight imperium play by forum and uh, i had only played a single game the um, five player setup in the rule book um before, so I, I was completely green. I didn't know anything about Twilight Imperium. So you played a game of Twilight Imperium, five player, and you liked it so much you just were wanting to play more, I guess? Yeah. Yeah, and then um, yeah, the game was almost done, and I decided um, I uh, want to uh, create more games for uh, for other people there and um, then I created my uh, created the first yeah my, my first iteration of um, the modding GIMP file yeah and it is it was well looking back it, it was quite a pain to create <laughs> to be honest so when you say that this is uh, this is all the visuals this is all the images so I don't know actually yeah, yeah. what this uh, this first version was that you said that you were like eventually a player in this game but I've seen a vision or a version of uh, one of the games that you hosted. It, it actually looks kind of similar to today's ASIC. Yeah, and I will go through uh, some of the iterations, um, and I think we can just uh, drop a couple of links. Yeah, we'll make sure that we have links to some of these images in the show notes. Yep. And uh, what? Yeah, what we went through. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to include those for sure. In the first. Um, at first, to, to get all the graphics, I uh, needed to scan. I needed to scan a ton of stuff, 
all the hexes, um, I scanned parts of the rule book to get uh, the, the images of the, um, of the ships. Um, and I did it all on a prehistoric Canon flatbed scanner. <laughs> Took hours. Oh my gosh, um, okay. Cr cropping and all the processing of the uh, image took even longer. Um, yeah, then I uh, I made a, um, a big Excel sheet with uh, open document table sheet where I um, typed in by hand, no copy paste from the internet. No, no, I can do it all on my own. I typed in every single action card, every <laughs> single agenda card, every single card in the game. Took another couple of evenings. Um, <laughs> I'm just imagining, I've done a little bit of data entry for, for, for some of like Absol's agendas or some of these different things before they turned those into spreadsheets as well. And yeah, that it just takes a long time. <laughs> Nicely done. It's a giant pain in the ass. You're building this a lot from scratch. You're, you're, again, you're, you're taking the game, you're digitizing it, you're, you're literally taking the images. And then I guess mm -hmm. that when you're actually playing the game, um, I mean, are you like copy pasting like images of dreadnoughts onto the, the, these different maps or something like that for these first ones? Yeah, for um, different um, colors. I, uh, the one color in the rule book is um, for the unit is red. Right. And I, um, I put a nice outline on them so um, the ships stick out a, a bit. Mm -hmm. And um, then I... Um, yeah, I, I changed the U and um, and uh, the brightness of uh, of every single ship to get the different colors. Oh my gosh! Yep. And uh, yeah, I, for um, for all the moves, I just yeah, I just needed to duplicate the layer and put them where they needed to go. Okay. Man. Okay. And the players uh, would. Um, a, a, a playing post, uh, an action post could look like uh, I activate Kyusen Raren, I move in a dread carrying uh, infantry from my home system, and um, a carrier with two inf to fighter from uh, Quan, and um, drop all infantry on on uh, on Kyusen or whatever, yeah. and the host would translate it into uh, would, would put the uh, put it all into um, this sheet and uh, move the units, uh, the unit layers accordingly. Do you already have a lot of this graphics uh, knowledge, or was this something you picked up like to do this uh, for Twilight mm -hmm. Imperium? Yeah, I've, nah. It, I mean, it's it's very basic stuff there, <laughs> and uh, well, you say it's basic stuff, but when I look at the stuff that shows up in the bot. It looks so good. Cropping, cropping images um, and uh, pushing a few sliders to control the color. Okay. And that's basically all I did. And uh, yeah, I know there are lots of um, there are lots of uh, plugins for uh, GIMP, and uh, using Photoshop would have been way better. <laughs> but uh, that's just not who I am. I just used the GIMP powered installed from uh 
yeah, how, how it was uh, from from out of the box, and uh, yeah, and went with it, went with it. Okay. And, and um, yeah, for later iterations of the um, of the map file, I put in the tag board, um, all the planets, which was um, quite a thing because now technically the players didn't need um, to post their uh, status block anymore. Right, they could edit it. It, it was edited on the actual. It map was now. all on the in the map on the map. Awesome. I'm a very I, I'm a perfectionist in uh, yeah in in a very uh, yeah in in ways where you don't need to be a perfectionist. <laughs> when uh, when I did the layers for the planets, for example, yeah, we had um, yeah I noticed at the end I was almost done. I noticed there's a pixel that doesn't line up exactly with all the others. I would redo everything from scratch. Another two hours down the drain. I don't care. Um, <laughs> that has changed a lot on the bot. Uh, yeah, well, doesn't look exactly to the down to the pixel. I don't give a f at this point. Yeah. Um, or like Prisoner One um, did for some of the did did some of those um, um, those upsole relics, and those relic tabs. <laughs> What they look like garbage <laughs> and uh, use comic sans on purpose <laughs> just to trigger me to redo them <laughs> yeah. and uh, I, i've been too lazy so far but i i think i'll redo them in a bit at some point though this moved from board game geek into i guess at the time a very small uh, discord server though tell me about like how that shifted over yeah, um, at some point, uh, there were uh, the board game geek community was quite small. Now looking back, um, and uh, I think it, I took took I, I actually took a note. Where was it? Um, it was uh, the play by forum game number twenty four, which was the first game. Um, Tetero actually launched as a host. Okay. Um, he got my uh, my um, my master sheet uh, and the uh, GIMP file, and went with it. There were several others uh, who did so as well. There were some who had their own tools to um, to host the game, uh, but it was always somewhat tedious task um, at some point I had four or five games running simultaneously as a host um, I think I was quite good at running uh, things at relatively high speeds too um, but it took me depending on um, on where it was in the game and how fast the players would uh, post their turns it would take me a good two to three hours to update them all the oh evening. Oh my gosh, okay. That's a pretty big investment of time. Yeah. At some point, uh, Holy Teaspoon um, mentioned that we could um, maybe use a, a Discord server to tag uh, the player whose turn it is to speed things up a bit. Um, well, and then 
I just did it and opened up the Discord and uh, we started taking the players uh, who had to do their turn. Um, and uh, then Holy Teaspoon uh, went for the first ever play by Discord game, which uh, was to get um, yeah away from a board game geek. And um, the idea was, uh, yeah, I think he used um, Tabletop Simulator for uh, the first one or first couple of games uh, in which players could um, edit their board state, um, basically uh, taking over the, um, the GIMP work um, the host had been doing um, and do them themselves, then uh, post... Uh, yeah, take screenshots from uh, the table state and post them on the Discord. And um, yeah, I'm, I think you know TTS and uh, it's, it just looks crappy. <laughs> you, you can't take a screen grab and it doesn't look nice. Right, right, right. It, it, it's fine when you're in it playing it. But yeah, if, if you... Yeah, but, but you, things... can, you can't take an overview uh, to... It, it's, it just hurt. Right. It hurt. That's the eye. It offends me. Um, <laughs> yeah, and uh, one day um, Tataro said, uh, well, I'm a coder. Um, why don't I just code a bot for us? And he started coding. Uh, I um, exported all my um, scanned assets, everything, and did a ton of new stuff. And uh, in the evening, he would um, sit down and start coding. A couple of hours every day. Um, take me regularly, um, asking for more stuff, uh, taking me on his um, on his test server to show me some uh, some new things he just implemented. I would ask him about a new feature I wanted implemented. He said, "Well, it's, it's a running gag." Uh, well, it was a running gag. He <laughs> said, uh, "Yeah, well, give me half an hour." And he'd be done in five minutes. <laughs> um, then awesome. something would break. It would look like complete garbage. He'd fix another two minutes, and then it would be in the bot and working. And those um, yeah, were the very early days of the bot. About how many people would you say were on the Discord server at that time? So, I mean, I, again, I know it wasn't just literally you and Teaspoon. But I'm just I'm like imagining this world where like you know the six to eight of you are just playing this these few games and just pestering yeah, to was, all the um, time. There were um, yeah most of the um, yeah the tryhards from uh, Board Game Geek. Okay. Around twenty to thirty people maybe. That's all. Right. And um, yeah, at some point, people just started trickling in. Um, by ones, by twos, and at some points by the dozens. Well, yeah, I mean, there's been there's been times in the in the history of the server now where suddenly you know a hundred people show up or something from from you know some post somewhere or something from, but yeah. from just uh, some red Reddit post. Yeah, hat tip to I think yeah, um, did that one or something. In the yeah, and at some point we had. Uh, because of all the limitations discord f yeah has we can only have um a couple of hundred 
roles, but we need a single role for every game. We can only have a couple of hundred um, uh, channels and uh, threads, and that's a hard cap. We can't do anything about it. Uh, so at some point, we needed to expand and um, created a secondary server, the Stratus Paradise. And, uh, yeah, well, we thought, okay, that's it. Uh, we'll be set for the next couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> Fast forward a couple of months, and we needed to open the Dreadon server. Fast forward another three months, we needed to open Wasunsu. And, um, yeah, we had, in the board game geek days, we had um, a total of... 70 to 80, 75-ish games or so. Okay. That's a good week now. Yeah, right. if you, and, and you run off, out of games on Saturday afternoon. So uh, just to get things into perspective here. Right. No, I, I, I mean, even just since I joined, which I mean, I think I've, I've said before, but I think I joined somewhere around like 211 or 212 or something. And so mm -hmm. that um, is obviously like ancient history at this point as we approach like 2000. But at the time... I mean, I felt new. I felt like y'all had been doing this for a long time already. I was asking all the questions about how do you do the slash commands and everything, right? Um, I mean, it has just taken off. Uh, it's It's been absolutely wild. Yeah. Um, the early days, uh, Tetero did everything. Yeah, every line of code um, was from him. And then um, there were a couple, a couple of coders uh, who did some... Uh, also very important parts, Hadouken, I think, uh, built the auto-deploy for the bot. Uh, Schaffner did something as well. I don't remember what I... It was some back-end stuff. Um, Softnum uh, did this uh, website. I really love. I use it all the time. That's all I use to look at. Uh, and, and, and some other small things. Um, but it really took off when... Uh, yeah, I think... Yeah, when Prisoner One uh, joined the stuff and started coding, um, I think, as far as I know, um, he was not that experienced at that point, but uh, that changed quickly. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, then Jessic Sands um, did all the uh, Fog of War implementation. Right. Right. And at one point, uh, Finn started. Um, tonifying uh, the whole thing uh, which uh, was a great thing um, for ease of use especially on mobile maybe it was just me but when the buttons first came out it was almost like I like resisted them like I almost didn't want them to be uh, yeah me, me too uh, my thought yeah. was ah we don't need that slash commands are just fine buttons for the new kids no buttons are can't can't live without them now. No, yeah, they've completely changed things. I I like to think maybe they're even getting you know more people onto the server because it's so easy now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean I'm glad I know the slash commands and um, they are still the way to go when you need to fix a board state. It just just two or three slash commands and you can reset basically everything. Which is fine, but um, the buttons just for a casual, yeah, let's take my turn now, move a couple of stuff around, do an explore, done. You can do a turn, an early game turn in a couple of seconds. 
Yeah, I agree. That's just, it, it's just really nice now. Um, one more thing I wanted to ask you about, you mentioned like with the extra servers that we have, we have the Warson server, the Dreadnought server, et cetera. I think you were the one who made the, uh, the art or the icons for those. Is that right? The icons, server icons. Yeah. That's on me. That's my work, except for the, uh, Frog of War server. Oh, sure. Well, that's a different one, but yeah, in general, I just, I just think those are really nice looking, um, little icons on those too. So just wanted to, to shout that out as well. The other one though, as far as art that I just think is hilarious always is those, uh, the Stroders with the, with the googly eyes. And I think you're also responsible for, <laughs> ah, for yeah. those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I thought. Um, tell us a little bit about like how those came to be. Yeah. The, the googly eyes Stroders. Um, I think that, uh, I think it was, uh, Sofnam's, uh, Sofnam's idea to, um, to put them in as an Easter egg. Um, and then, uh, yeah, they, they show up, I think, uh, for every, um, stack of units, uh, uh every stack of destroyers, the bot places, there is a um, 0.1% chance that it gets the googly eyes. Um, so it's not, well, it's not an, that often that it occurs, but um, yeah, given the mass of updates um, we have over all games, well, it happens quite frequently. Right. Uh, you know, and, in some games somewhere, there's a googly eye Stroder across just yeah. know, how much is happening. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, the um, Jackie Walson uh, was a Easter egg for, uh, well, Easter egg. Um, for Halloween, we tuned up the um, the chance um, that they appear um, to I think ten percent. So every game that has a war sun will have the Jack of War Sun, one of the three uh, we have. Nice. Um, at some point. Yeah. yeah. Now it's back to um, point zero point zero percent, like the Strodos. Um, around Halloween, we'll turn it up again. And, um, well, then there's, um, the cucumbers, uh, and cat, the, um, guy who did, um, the new, uh, hyperlanes. And I think they're gorgeous. Great. I love them. Um, I think, um, yeah. And cat did all or most of the graphics for, um, the discordant stars expansion. I might be wrong, but I think. Lots I think of he's at least he a did. big contributor. Yeah, I don't, I yeah. don't know who else may have been, but agreed. Yeah, and uh, he had this um, this cucumber <laughs> field, and we said, well, well, let's put it in the bot. It's great. Um, let it um, replace um, the asteroids with a 0.1 percent chance. And I think we had now two confirmed. Um, uh, to confirm cases of um, cucumbers showing up, I've I've seen them in my games. No, it's 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 a lot of fun. It makes me almost want to have like a like like two. I want to have a couple of coasters made out of like uh, Twilight Imperium. Twilight. I want one Megatron Rex one maybe, and the I want, I want the cucumber <laughs> nice. maybe the, the maybe the other one or something. <laughs> that was so 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 that was again, but like like you you started this because you you know presumably wanted to play Twilight Imperium. Um, and maybe there's more going on to it as well, but now you're an admin and I know there's, there's other admins, but I'm just, but, but you're an admin for this community of 
you know, thousands of people at this point. I actually, I actually don't know. Maybe hundreds. I should, I shouldn't exaggerate. I should have probably checked, but you know, how has that, uh, just changed as well? Like, again, instead of you just being like the graphics guy for these 20, 30 people, um, yeah, well, um, when it started, it was just, um, yeah, Holy Teaspoon, Tatero and me, um, yeah, Tatero doing all the code, me doing all the graphics and, uh, Holy Teaspoon. Well, he's the rock. He fucking ties the room together. Uh, he ties the community together. Um, he does uh, or did all. Um, he, yeah, he, he was responsible for the first waves of newcomers that didn't come from a board game geek. Um, he made everyone feel welcome. Just a great community guy. And um, that's. Why we were the first um, three admins, but um, with a teaspoon stepping back, stepping down right. a bit, um, yeah, Tatera and uh, me, we uh, decided, uh, we thought we can't really run this uh, thing on our own. We are not the community guys, both of us. And um, so we asked um, yeah, Finn, P1 and Jessic Sands to join us. And uh, two or three weeks later, also Chesset, because uh, uh, not because he's um, a big coder, but um, because he does all this uh, community stuff, all these um, tournaments, all that organization. And uh, because he's uh, one of the pillars of, uh, yeah, of our little um yeah of our little community here yeah i was just for, for some of the people who've maybe joined relatively recently they may not even know who totally teaspoon is but uh, yeah like for the first uh, yeah you would know a couple of years or but but you know he he was like the person that you would see uh, again like you're saying like community facing sort of um you know just just everywhere playing tons of games um getting involved in all the different channels um uh, so yeah, hope he's doing well. And uh, people people who have joined since kind of he's stepped down a little bit are missing out uh, for sure. Definitely. Well, Somno, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, really amazing to hear the history of the server. Uh, just to also just get to hear from you, uh, who's done so much to make this happen, from graphics, from you know being an admin for so long. So uh, you know, really glad you joined us. Thank you. I really enjoyed that interview with Somno. He, again, has just been here from the very beginning, from before the beginning, has been super involved uh, since then uh, as, a, as a graphics designer, admin, so many other things. So really glad to have him on the show. How glad to have him in the community. Glad that he uh, helped make this community what it is. So thank you so much, Somno. Um, I want to do a weird rules thing of the week and then we'll we'll go to the the wrap up here in the the various updates so really quick rules uh, weird rules thing of the week is the star commander it says when you produce fighters or infantry you may place each of those units at any of your space docks that are not blockaded um sars space docks are floating and if one of sars space dock was ever blockaded it would be destroyed. And so it's very interesting and weird 
that this commander bothers to do this at all. I mean, obviously it's for when other people have the commander, but even then, uh, so, so apparently, you know, if you have the star commander, you cannot use this to place infantry at one of your other space docks that are not, or that are blockaded. Um, and I just think that's silly. That's, that's it. Um, certainly not fighters. You can't put fighters at a space dock that's blockaded, but anyway, that's, that's it. Let's go to the various updates. Um, Async Tournament 2 is still underway. People are already throwing shade at the slow games, but obviously those are all uh, moving along. And uh, I actually don't know if we had an elimination, but I saw an Arborek home system get taken, which always makes me sad. For Async Rank, though, we have four new ministers and two new agents. So as a reminder, the minister rank goes to anyone who wins a TIGL game and doesn't have a rank. And then agents are people who win a TIGL game against others uh, when all six at the table were already ministers or higher so new ministers since the last episode are jazz hands alex snacks cater tot aka sully and john is john um, and new agents are dennis and dr whiskers so congrats to all of them you've won a game you have a, a shiny new title we do not have a commander yet because i think we only have let me just check as of right this second, we have five agents. So, you know, not enough to play a full game to get a commander, but we are getting very close. And then for recent bot updates, Finn is at it again. Um, he already a while ago introduced the ability to auto assign hits in ground combat, which um, I think also sneakily, he also started adding it so that whenever I roll space combat or when I roll ground combat, it pings the other person, which is awesome because you know, unless you're both right there in the moment, um, it's really easy to kind of just lose track of that. And so pinging the other person has been a huge, huge benefit. Thank you. Um, he's also introduced automatic um, hit assignment for space combat. And this is a little more complicated in space. You've got more things going on. Um, you might not want to take sustains on your stuff like you pretty much always would on Vex for ground combat. But, you know, it's, it's a really cool innovation still moving along. He also implemented the cavalry. The Nomad Promissory Note, I have not tried that yet. Super excited to see that work. Um, also, at some point, I think uh, he he showed some like art that looks like a Dixie cup, which makes me very happy. I used those things all growing up when I was a kid. So thanks again to Finn for the recent bot updates. And with that, it's been another episode. Thank you for listening to Strength and Bonds. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and probably other places if you liked this episode, or if you just have something else to say, or if you uh, want to tell me how much you hate mayo, uh, or whatever. Leave a comment on the episode discussion in Discord, or come by the sandwich bar to chat about the show. And remember to go take your turns. <laughs>